Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 219. I'm your host, Sadithya, and along with me, I have Abhishek. Hello, everyone, and this time coming to you from Pune, where, by the way, Indicast had made its debut many, many years ago in 1972. Well, 15 years ago, when you used to join from the US. Oh, that's right. You were in, in Pune at that time, weren't you? You were pursuing your first job as a what, area sales manager. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sell air conditioners in Pune is a tough one, man. Even in winters, I, uh, sorry, <laughs> even in summers, you don't need air conditioners here. I remember my first job being a tricky one. But one thing that hasn't changed over the years is that shops still shut down at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The shop owner opens the shutter again at 5 o'clock. So you have those three hours off. It's a laid back city. At least they have something in common with Europeans. Either you love Pune or you hate it. I've got many friends who say they just can't understand a place where the vegetable vendor will take his own sweet time to fill everything up in the bag while the line is long. But I quite like it. I'm one on the opposite side then. I Yeah, I somehow, <laughs> I, I never warmed up to Pune. Probably because, exactly because of those things. It's like, how can you keep at peak hour? And And sometimes it makes you wonder what's wrong with that, right? Yeah, they're living their life, man. They're enjoying. But you're not exactly uh, completely mutually exclusive. Uh, they have the sarcastic tone just like you do. Puneri party is what is famous for, right? Among Maharashtrians. Yes. There is this joke among Punekars that they are so particular about things that there was a big famine long ago and there was a helicopter which was dropping milk for people who were starving. And one of the Punekars looked up to the chopper and said, Chitraitsa dood milka. So will you, will you get Chitle milk? Because they are a different breed. But sadly, for a city that has a reputation to be very aloof and socially distant, uh, it still is a hotbed for coronavirus. So when I'm here, the city has opened up just like the rest of India, but it just crossed uh, 3 lakh cases in India, the first district to cross that much. Then new cases have dropped considerably, but uh, it's not that great. Oh, wow. Based on the numbers, it looks like the first wave is receding as such. It's been three consecutive weeks of decline in numbers. Does it feel like that? I've got a few of my friends and uh, relatives who unfortunately got diagnosed, but they are doing much better now. So it doesn't uh, feel that anything has uh, gotten better. It's just that you see more people out on the roads as if it's uh, they are out uh, in, in revenge. And there is indeed a term. In fact, in China, I read somewhere that they have gotten into revenge tourism, putting money in the pockets of you know countrymen so that they can spend touring that is happening in Japan also. Japan has announced 35% cashback or discount for traveling within the country itself, doing everything to boost the economy. Again. You're doing your bit, uh, going camping, visiting zoos. Live the life. You <laughs> yeah, have. But okay, so the first topic that we had actually marked on was for there's something happening between India and Pakistan. And no, it's not about cricket or, uh, you know, infiltration or anything like that. It's about Pakistan has announced that it's going to file an opposition to India's claim for a geographical indication tag for Basmati rice in EU. In the European Union, yes. And it has until 10th December to challenge the claim. Why is it a big deal? What is a GI tag, Aditya? 
GI tag for geographical indication. It's part of an intellectual property rights. Look at it that way, right? A GI tag is issued and is maintained in a geographical indications registry for a product which comes from a specific location. For example, Darjeeling tea. Even if you get the sapling and I plant it in Tokyo and then I grow it in Tokyo, I can't call it Darjeeling tea because it did not. I, the plant is not in Darjeeling. Right? The soil and the heritage also count. Every, everything, right? And this is done so that prevention of third-party usage. Kianti Valley wine, it can only be a Kianti if it comes from Italy, if the grapes have been grown in Italy and processed, the wine has been made in in that Chianti region, right? And same goes for tequila, scotch whiskey, Polish cherry, or even champagne. So, you know, Mahabaleshwar, uh, strawberry, that too. Uh, your pottery of Jaipur, Banarasi yeah. sarees, Tirupati laddus, they all have a GI tag. <laughs> and, and all this helps yes. the local manufacturers. Yeah. The Mysore Park, and the recently the family behind that, they started to seek a GI tag for it now. There are 42 such products only in Karnataka. Okay. And I got deeper into this after I read the Mysore Park story. Hey, did you know how the story of invention behind Mysore Park? Nope. Mysore was a big constituency, right? I mean, one of the richest in India. And the king out there, he was no, he was a foodie. An entire course meal he had to have. And this one time, the royal cook, he forgot to make a dessert. So he had to make something jaldi jaldi mein. And so he just put things together. He... It turned out to be Mysore Park and the king loved it so much that he asked for the recipe and now it took off. So it was just a concoction which happened to be so delicious. Now it's known as Mysore Park. And, and the best kind melts in your mouth the moment you put it in. Yeah, exactly. That's the one, right? The cook's name was Shivanand Madappa. Uh, sorry, Shivanand Madappa is the great grandson of Kakasura Madappa who is now Shivanand Madappa is applying for the GI tag. I hope he gets it. And this is important uh, from the point of view that uh, if you are exporting, you said you can't plant Darjeeling tea in Japan and call it that. So it helps the tea growers in the local market in India where when they sell it abroad, they make the profit. So that's why Pakistan is not too happy that uh, Basmati, which should have been a joint partnership or a joint uh, application is what they say. Now, India has gone for it by itself. They export to the tune of 800 million to a billion dollars every year. It will go down considerably if uh, European Union countries and others believe that the true Basmati should only hail from India. That demand will shift to India. Yeah, some of these businesses are, I mean, they're massive, right? Uh, we already knew that our export, green exports, they're massive business. Only Basmati is like a billion dollars, right? Yes, yes. And and this Basmati especially, you know, right, it commands a premium. My mom, when she had dispatched me to DMART many, many years ago, you know, you bring this list and it had rice. It just said rice, uh, three kgs. I got Basmati home and uh, she actually shouted on me at me. Why did you get Basmati? You should get Ambe Mohar. I said, you didn't write anything there. And there are hundred kinds of rice available there in that supermarket. Ambe Mohar is another one with a GI tag in Maharashtra. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, people are very peculiar about the rice. The diversity of the soil, etc., it matters, right? So every rice, there are so many varieties of rice, (laughs) right? So that is what, so I learned, I was very curious about the Mysore story. Do you also know there is another story? One American firm had the audacity to patent Basmati by calling it his its own creation. 
it was later revoked so basically in the late 1990s and early 2000s there was a company called uh, ricetech uh, it's a texas based outfit and it patented basmati rice in the us and then uh, it lost that battle to india and pakistan uh, which you know <laughs> jointly put uh, its uh, f- uh, you know feet, uh, foot forward and uh, the company then had to rename its rice brand as texmati long grain american basmati uh it's a case study it's a howard business case case study what are you talking about i know okay so the mbas out there who are listening to this podcast might have known about this already there was another i i don't know if this is a case study but turmeric powder halad each time you would get yeah. injured as a kid mom would apply that to you but the halad haldi sa dood turmeric latte is what it is peddled as in these uh, coffee shops so there was an american university which patented the healing properties of turmeric powder Uh, and then we fought against it in the late 90s and uh, we won uh, in 1997 girl what are you talking about we've been using it for centuries you can't just patent it so this <laughs> and, and basmati it has a, a very rich history right it, it has one of the earliest mentions in 1776 it was traded in the middle east now it's found in arab and persian countries india pakistan and bangladesh exclusively manufacture or produce basmati and that's why it is of that much significance to pakistan the indian apna uh, jo commerce ministry hai na ministry of commerce and industry it says that we have 29 varieties of basmati rice under the seeds act so there will be a tussle there will be a regional conflict between which one is the real basmati <laughs> yes are wo hua tha na even for rasgulla rasgulla orissa yeah. and west bengal were fighting with each other because i think orissa won its claim to be the home of the rasgulla and this happened 3 years ago i think in 2017 so even states fight against each other not just uh, countries absolutely and then internationally the french fries and belgian fries you know there's still a dispute between them as to who first who invented fried potato in that form so belgians say that they are the inventors belgian fries are thicker french fries are they're the ones that you get in McDonald's etc i don't know McDonald's the fries it's not even potato though okay i didn't know that i have been gorging on them for more than two decades <laughs> don't think i don't think let, let me google it up very healthy right deep fried ek dam ek dam ek dam but talking about health you know why is basmati famous why do you think rice khayega to mota ho jayega is the general perception but basmati is particularly famous especially in the west because because it is high in protein it has 1.9 grams for half a cup of cooked rice basmati rice is free of cholesterol and it contains only a trace of fat it has low starch content so iske liye it's good for those who are very you know fitness uh, freaks absolutely i'm still trying to find out how much potato is there mcdonalds.com says that it's 86% potato by the way in mcdonalds fries there are 19 ingredients that are used potatoes soybean oil hydrogenated soybean oil natural beef flavor hydrolyzed wheat hydrolyzed milk citric acid dimethylpolysilooxen dextrose sodium acid pyrophosphate salt canola oil corn oil and tbhq are listed tbhq i don't know what that means are listed as ingredients in the mcdonald's fries i don't think i'm ever going to be putting all of that in my uh, tummy ever again that sounds like a very <laughs> deadly concoction <laughs> and the chemical composition is quite uh, complex much like basmati basmati has uh, 
traces of the chemical compound called uh, 2-acetyl-1-pyrrolin. Because of this unique uh, chemical compound, it gives off that flavor, aroma like that of a tropical yeah, plant yeah, yeah, called yeah. pandan. Pandan bolke hai plant hai, but it has some fragrant leaves. Compared to other varieties of rice, the basmati has 0.09 parts per million or 12 times less of uh, one chemical compound. That's why it, it's got that unique spicy flavor and you know fragrance. So the researchers have uh, done PhDs on basmati. Two acetyl, one pyrroline. Wow. But whatever it is, it is huh. uh, tasty when cooked well. Chicken biryani. Do they use in biryani? They don't use basmati, of do they? Of course, that is the best part. That's why the I think biryani's best application is chicken biryani. I might get into trouble for saying that. <laughs> yes. But it it gives you consistency because your regular rice it expands in all directions once it is cooked. But basmati goes in yeah. just one direction, so it's forming that long strand. And it does not become mushy. It it holds its shape, and it gives you that consistency. Masalas are equally spread around. So it is. So basically, it is not the chicken that is the trick. If it has to be really tasty, it needs to have a good accompaniment. That that is the rice itself has to be you know cooked well. You know a lot uh, for someone who does not eat. Do you you are still a vegetarian, right? Fish. I do eat fish and the occasional uh, chicken biryani. But yeah. you sounded very convincing in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> no, As I do eat veg biryani, right? And I think it, it tastes... The, ah, yeah. Of course, paneer biryani is there. <laughs> Gaspus. <laughs> I remember during our uh, college uh, uh, vacations to your farmhouse, uh, paneer used to be an afterthought because I think I was the only one who was a vegetarian at the time. <laughs> अरे पनीर कूटे अरे ओके सडनली देन माउशी योर मॉम वुड मेक क्विकली मेक पनीर जस्ट फॉर मी जस्ट फॉर मी दैट इज हाउ फ्रेंड्स वुड नो दैट अभिषेक इज कमिंग अलोंग इफ देयर वाज पनीर आल्सो ऑन द बारबेक्यू दैट्स हाउ दैट्स एंड यू यूज्ड टू डिग इनटू दैट एज़ वेल मैन वी मेक फन ऑफ पनीर या बट यू नो आई थिंक इफ इंडिया एंड पाकिस्तान डिप्लोमेट्स दे सिट डाउन एंड हैव अ गुड ग्रिल्ड आई मीन तंदूरी पनीर टिक्का इट सॉल्व अ लॉट ऑफ इश्यूज आई थिंक I wonder if paneer also has a GI tag. Oh, has to be in Sindh, right? Has to be in Punjab. Yeah, it has to be in Punjab. Okay, let's move on to the next topic It's related to food. There is a new tool which detects counterfeit whiskey without actually wasting a drop. That is without opening the bottle. Scientists or physicists rather at University of St Andrews have come up with a way to figure out the authenticity of bottles of fine scotch whiskey. they use a laser light by the way yes spectroscopy is what it is uh, called right where it identifies the chemical compounds inside the whiskey bottles when they shine that uh, laser right light and it scatters the light breaks into different spectrum of wavelengths and then it helps you uniquely identify the fingerprint of whatever it lies inside it could be whiskey it could be vodka gin whatever but it, this application was mainly made thinking whiskey in mind because that's where the counterfeit industry is huge so there was a study in 2018 which said that 21 of the 55 randomly selected bottles from auctions and these private collectors were fake 10 of them and all 100% of them which claimed to be single malt scotches from 1900 or earlier were basically counterfeit were completely counterfeit he's like utka baat bhi nahi karte you know <laughs> yes. like, you, you guys sit up <laughs> they went to a point where anyone who has a who claims to have a single malt before 1900 it's like you know don't even talk to us these days you know blends have become very popular of course there are you know so many different kinds of whiskies and sort of you know smoky 
फ्रेग्रेंस एंड स्टफ लगा बट नया कॉन्सेप्ट आया है कि टेक विस्कीज फ्रॉम ऑल ओवर द प्लेस एंड मिक्स इट इन टू अ ब्लेंड विच इज लाइक दिस अमेजिंग थिंग गंगा जमुना टाइम्स Yeah, so okay, blends. The latest stage is creating these blends. Uh, so and apparently it just came out that one of the best-selling blends in Japan, which even people from outside of Japan, uh, all the tourists coming in and buying up were uh, it. It was by Santori Signature Blend. Uh, it turned out that 21% was Canadian whiskey in it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it is mind-blowing. I mean, you know, you have to have an, a connection somewhere to get that blend now. No, so this Scotch in Scotland, right? Scotland is famous for its uh, whiskey. So Scotland is not famous. So Scotland Scotch. is famous for Scotch. It is not whiskey. Sorry, there you go. So I am among the uninitiated. So yeah. you would know the difference, yeah. You just sounded like the you know talking about biryani, chicken biryani there. Yes, yes. Now I'm going to I'm going to t- tell you a little more trivia about it. Although I have no experience in uh, consuming it, but I bumped into this new. Uh, research which was as as early as uh, january 2020 this year where uh, some researchers in england figured out a way to determine a whiskey's age by carbon dating which Ooh. is a, is a fallout of the nuclear bomb tests that were done back in the 50s and 60s what happens there is you know whiskey ka main ingredient uh, we we know that it is water barley uh, which is the main ingredient which are, and, and of course it contains thousands of other things compounds Uh, when in the 1950s and 60s after those nuclear bomb tests this released a radioactive isotope called carbon 14 into the atmosphere which got absorbed by plants animals and then this isotope began to decay after these uh, you know organisms died some of those traces of the isotope were found in barley which is obviously harvested to make uh, mm-hmm. uh, whiskey this carbon 14 it decays at a known rate year after year so what these researchers did was they put together an algorithm where they could calculate the amount of the isotope in a given whiskey batch and then figure out whether uh, the bottles contents they were produced at the start of the nuclear age or before that so at uh-huh. least yeah so at least they will know ki chal theek hai yaar if somebody is saying it is genuine it is indeed genuine because you, you can actually test it you have to open the bottle unlike the new research uh, the result was amazing when they tested it they discovered that whiskies that were created between 1847 to 1978 nearly half of those bottles were fake Uh, so <laughs> coming back to where we started the scotch whiskey research institute in edinburgh scotland they are also experimenting with a portable spectrometer which is user friendly and so that you if someone is if you are trying to buy something at a store also you can use it to ensure that that it is actually the genuine thing and i think that's the key right you can make all you want in a laboratory 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 that's the indian one laboratory right? laboratory <laughs> लेबोरेटरी 
and quite another to have it mass produced and used you know as a portable uh, gadget bring it to the masses an analogy here i don't know if i have told you this story in in japan is that they have devices to measure sweetness of a fruit there is a culture where giving a melon or even it could be a watermelon or muskmelon 15000 rupees ka ya 300 dollars ka mel- ek melon milta hai but it is supposed to be like the perfect melon the sweetness it's like ridiculous the veins outside are perfect etc and there are like growers who specialize in these boutique gift worthy fruits there is a thing where they have come up with a portable machine which you can use to measure sweetness i have seen it twice i think happen that people carry this machine it's like one of those thermometer temperature right. measuring devices these days the laser thing um, they put it on the fruit they see the reading and then they put it in the bag oh man excellent and i'll tell you what after they go home and they eat it and somehow they find it to be not so sweet it's it's a melon right so what will they become they will become melancholic <laughs> so it's a sunday morning 7:51 am yeah so for, forgive me for that <laughs> does it sell a lot is this something that a common man can afford it is affordable it's uh, one of those things right if people uh, in specifically in, in in japan that you see that if someone likes something they will like totally get into it yeah you can see that in all aspects out here uh, you know toy trains and manga and stuff like that they like get into the it's it's an art it's an obsession for them it it's something like that so someone mm. who really cares about fruits will definitely carry that i mean he wants to have that right. best the sweetest right. in the stack of you know 200 apples that are kept in the store it's possibly the obsession with the uh, best quality you know there is there there is a there is a word for it specifically in japanese called kodavari which basically translates to the uncompromising and relentless pursuit of perfection it means that there are no shortcuts right taken in in crafting the best possible experience you know wow i remember this vividly apne ko ek subject tha foundation course in fybcom and there was this paragraph about a you know an american firm requested spare parts from a japanese manufacturer and said in its letter that we will accept no more than 3 defects per million so the japanese guys manufactured it they read the letter uh, they couldn't understand it they then manufactured three defective pieces separately and, and they packed them separately, separately and sent it yeah and they said boss we couldn't understand your request but since you insisted we we are dispatching these faulty equipment to you because basically they don't know Uh, how to manage you know 100% is 100% <laughs> and i i have seen that i have experienced that first hand man it, it's pretty amazing i mean we'll keep a separate podcast we to should. talk about it an episode to talk about that in india and even in north america we take for huh. that are not considered essential but here it's like what do you mean you know i mean we don't understand what you're saying that it's okay to do this you had tweeted uh, that right in india it is something to matlab apna chalta hai is the attitude and in japan you had said chalta kyu nahi hai or some such yeah 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 exactly it is it is exactly like that it is like we don't understand you what you just said right three what do you mean three defective parts uh, uh moving on from the the perfection practiced and kodavari practiced by the japanese to let's just make it happen uh, <laughs> during these covid times is the drive in wedding that happened in uk 
right to bypass the covid restrictions hey you can't you can't complain about the ingenuity behind that was shown <laughs> here of course at an indian wedding um and current the norms in uk are like you can only have 15 people at a time for sit down receptions so this couple went out and see that okay how do we make this happen we really want to get married we don't want to wait until this things the covid ends because we don't know when it's going to end so kya kiya abhishek idhar they chose to have a drive in wedding where people were invited in their cars the bride and the groom went around waving to them when the groom in a in a golf buggy uh, when he came in there were all these guys honked horns as if to cheer him yeah and the guests they had a website where they could go and place an order for food hmm. and there will be someone who came over and then delivered it in their car so they couldn't get out of the car uh, there was a big big screen put up on the, on the golf resort they saw the wedding happen groom came out in the golf cart that you mentioned and then they placed orders online pretty cool pretty cool because in india it has gone for a toss the whole uh, uh, wedding, wedding industry test. yeah before i got married we had had a uh, podcast where i was telling you about uh, how there are these melas where parents of uh, both guys and girls meet in a big hall just like speed dating each one of them is given a number you have to go and talk about your hobbies and if you say singing they'll ask you to sing and other things and after that uh, they'll say i want to meet number 21 number 22 and then bakde pe baith ke both families talk to each other everything from c to c to uh, spirituality to castes and then they you know perfectly do the next thing of going to a ccd all of that has gone completely right after uh, covid yeah. struck it's all on zoom now there was one uh, girl who uh, spoke to the bbc she said that when i went on zoom Uh, I saw the guys, uh, you know, entire family sitting there. So I freaked out and I, I said, you know, uh, sorry, I've got some internet trouble. And then she logged off. So that's one way to walk off. Nice, smart. Yeah, it's wedding industry is estimated to be. Tell guess, take a guess. What is the size of India's wedding industry in billion dollars? Uh, twenty billion dollars. Well, you're off by. a factor of 2.5 50 billion dollars is the size of uh, the industry and i don't know if it includes the informal sector and if you add in an ambani wedding into it then it doubles absolutely in that yes jeevansathi.com shaadi.com these have all uh, launched uh, video calling features now they've had a 60% hike uh, in number of requests on shaadi.com alone uh, some 1 lakh people used this service within 2 days the problem remains the same right people have to get yeah. married and you are not meeting anybody so you do it on zoom then people have to but do they have to get married ek saal se kya hoga good question man kya hoga i think uh, the market value goes down every passing year uh, in india doesn't it if you are in your 30s already market value yeah you are biologically are that much less inclined to get married or will get fewer uh, you know requests <laughs> my parents, uh, they run a small uh, a kindergarten. My, 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 I was talking to my mother, and she was like, "Oh my God, schools, you know what to do." And I was like, "You know, this is a kindergarten. What, you know, why do you have to keep it open? You know, just take take a break for a year. I can do that." She's like, "I can do that." And then she she started explaining to me, and then it came to a point where we are talking about engineering graduates, right? We can stop it for kindergarten. but then these people they are going to not be graduating 20 years from now there will be one year a deficit of doctors engineers 
and all sorts of professionals one year from now so you are saying one year everything is shut so that's why there is nothing to fill the gap in that year 21 years down the line exactly right mm. these um, are real problems and that's why everybody is online these days one of our good friends daughter he says that my daughter puts on the internet connection is not good so the so he has to switch off the video sometimes and only have her so she is wearing bluetooth earphones and she is in first grade so the teacher cannot see her she is on a zoom call but she is sitting on a sofa not in front of the computer uh, <laughs> reading some other book and whenever her name gets called she just rushes over and she just speaks and says that who oh, i can't switch on the video because the internet connection is not good smart uh, yeah and she like she roams around the entire house and comes back and you know, she's doing whatever she wants so the quality of education is suspect right i i see my mom do these classes every day i feel for both the teachers and the students because now i have seen both sides <laughs> it is not ideal uh, doing this on zoom especially for kids uh, what 7 year olds 10 year olds they are too young to be staring at the laptop for one hour stretch oh it's difficult for me to concentrate in a meeting for one hour stretch for one hour stretch <laughs> yes Anyways, that's about it for our episode number two hundred and nineteen. If you want to listen to the previous ones or subscribe, you can either go on to theintikas dot com and browse uh, the episode in your web browser, or better yet, just subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher. We are available on Google Podcasts and Apple iTunes. Just search for Indicast, and we will show up out there. We are soon going to get added on to Spotify as well. and you can also follow us on twitter for indicast it is at @indicast so just again once again look up indicast and it will show up and do ensure that you are following us on twitter as well um i am available at ac mahatre abhishek is at abhishek kumar with only one k between abhishek and kumar yes do tweet and follow us that's about it bye, bye.